Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of November 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, yeah, we got, we got a bunch of stuff to this week, so let's jump right in. And we'll kick things off with the trailer for Ted, the TV series, not the movies. Um, it's actually a prequel to the movies, where uh, we're going back to 1993, where uh, it's a, I think, six, like 16-year-old John, who's now played by Max Burkholder, and uh, and still, you know, friends with T- Ted, who, like, I, th- I think in the first Ted, they established, like, Ted was, like, a celebrity for, like, a, like a little bit when he, got, when he came to life, and but now it's, like, post that now no one cares <laughs> they're just like a, a talking teddy bear but then like uh john's parents like forced ted to go to school with john because like to like learn like about like you know the world and <laughs> to get him out of the house and yeah, so yeah just automatically became like uh an adult <laughs> a burnout yeah like yeah a burnout adult yeah so yeah so it's it's it's, it's john ted in high school and you know Ted like simultaneously helping and then also like horrifically embarrassing John at, at high school. We trying to like you know meet girls and like they're, they're like they're smoking weed for the first time and going to parties and and then uh, uh, Alana Ubach and Scott Grimes are playing uh, John's parents and uh, Georgia Wiggins playing uh, John's cousin Blair. And obviously Seth MacFarlane's back as Ted for the voice. He's also, he's also writing, directing, and producing the series. And it's going to be a uh, a Peacock exclusive. It's going to be uh, seven episodes, all dropping on January 11th. I mean, it, it look it looks it looks you know, t- like if you're a fan of Ted, like it's it's got that same tone. It's it's yeah. very, like like lots lots of Ted stuff going on. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that it's like taking place within that same world, and it's about like a different version of John. Because mm-hmm. John is sort of just the generic guy, at least in the later parts of the comedy bits of Ted, because it's like he's the straight man to Ted's um, recluse. But now it's just like a kid version. Mm-hmm. Trying so... <laughs> the, kid, the kid doing a, a Mark Wahlberg impression. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure that out. I was like, where do they, like, what was this guy in before? Oh, Max Burkholder? Um, I'm not sure. He was in. Uh, he was in the first. Pur- oh, yeah, he was. He was in the first Purge movie. Was like the son. I think he was the son. Like, yeah, he was like Ethan Hawke's son. I think. But he was gotcha. in all. Wait, he was in all of them. Wait, what? What? Oh no, no, he's just in the first one. Yeah. I don't remember him. Like a lot of them. Like Google, Google was like Google was like oh he's it's like the purge the purge anarchy the purge election year I'm like wait what what you know it's one of those things they probably have like a like referenced in or whatever bullshit but I I didn't get it um I'm excited for it because I actually had lower expectations but like I'm in like Ted's funny once in a while like I I yeah. watch clips of it now and then so seeing more of it at like. It's pretty- a it's slower been, pace is fine. Yeah, it's it's, it's been like oh, it's been a while. It's been you know, Ted Two was like twenty fifteen, so it's it's been a while since we've seen Ted. So, 
And I, I like the concept. I like, it was a fun idea. And even though even though Ted is kind of just uh, like, well, it, well it's weird because like it's, it's like it's it, it's Seth MacFarlane's like regular. Vo- like, well, he's kind of doing his Peter voice, but it's also kind of like his normal voice. It's sort of like it's it's, it's somewhere between like Peter and Brian. But then, yes, oh, but he's more Peter. Yeah, he's more Peter in his antics. Yeah, but he's more Brian, and when he's doing observational comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, if you smash Peter and Brian together, then it'd be Ted, basically. <laughs> How do you feel? Like, I initially thought it was going to be, I think from the f- promo photos, I thought it was like Ted moves in with a kid. I didn't know it was going to be actual John. Like a, it's a Oh, like 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 a sequel? Like like he's like left John, now he's like with a new owner or yeah, something? Yeah, hanging out with some other family, or like this is John's relative that Ted is like, ah, I'll watch him. You know, like I thought it'd be that, but I didn't think this. Yeah. No, yeah, I think the prequel. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's gonna be like plenty of like '90s observational humor about how weird the '90s were, <laughs> or like '93. Yeah, crazy times. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's yeah, January 11th. Uh, all seven episodes on Peacock. So if you got your Peacock subscription, you can, or if you don't have one, grab one, and you can check out Ted in January. So uh, we also this week got word there's gonna be another spinoff from the boys. So we got Gen V, uh, you know, like a month or two ago, and it was fantastic. And now we're getting the boys Mexico, uh, which is coming from the writer of Blue Beetle, uh, Gareth Dunn El Sewer, and then uh, Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal are also are executive producing it. And they also they might appear on the show. They're, I guess they're in talks to like appear not like star in it, but like just kind of like a minor a guest appearance or something. But but yeah, no de- no details about like what the show actually is or who like what the premise is going to be. But some sort of look into what uh, Mexico is like in the in like the boys' universe, apparently. You know, I I thought at least in my understanding, of the first season they made it seem like only American heroes came out of um, like most of the heroes came out of America because the company yeah. was there. Well, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. I mean, maybe 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 it's a thing where there like there are like soups in Mexico, but then they don't have like the same like I was, like the same system of like like uh like in America, like fought is like like you know pushing building them up and all all like all the corruption and everything. It, 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 I think it, it'd be interesting to see like what yeah you know, well like, like a different country like how how they deal with soups and stuff because we, we we haven't seen that at all in the uh, in the universe yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much there's no, there's no, 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 no casting, no details. This is like super early. But I mean, if if, if it's if it's like half as good as Gen V, like it'll it'll still be, you know, that'll be still be pretty good. Yeah, because because Gen V was fantastic. Have you have you have you seen Gen V yet, Chris? Or no, not yet. I have. Oh, you, you, you all of it? Uh, not all of it. Uh, I but, think. But I'm... you but you started it. Yeah. Okay. I think I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. I mean, even even like the like animated anthology series was great. Like the Boys presents Diabolical. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they. I don't know. There's part of me that wants them to be more comic book accurate in the animated, like more ver- like a version of that. But I'll take it as shorts. Well, was it like? Get... 
the one the one short was like they had like they like had like it was like comic accurate kind of like Huey and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Where like Simon Pegg was playing Huey. Like, yeah, because that's what it looks like in, in the, the, the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was used to that. So like, mm-hmm. I can accept the adaptation. You know, I'm not gonna be like it has to look like that or. You know, I'm not gonna be happy about. It. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's ruined for me. I'm gonna be, oh, I get it. But yeah, definitely excited to see more info. Uh, I mean, the, everything the boys like universe has done so far has been great. So hopefully, this will continue that trend when it comes out. And uh, you know, speaking of Amazon stuff, uh, we also got our first look at the Fallout series that's coming. Uh, it's gonna come out April twelfth next year. And so we got a bunch of photos, no trailer yet, but like just like kind of first look photos. Uh, I think courtesy of Vanity, Vanity Fair had like a big uh, article about it. And so, yeah, this is coming from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who, you know, obviously brought us Westworld and uh, the peripheral, which was on Amazon, but got canceled. Uh, but and based on the games, although it's not based on a specific game, it's just based in like the universe of, the, of Fallout. So it's, it, it's, kind of, it's, it's its own original story taking place in the Fallout universe. It, it, I mean, it, it looks, it looks game accurate. Like all, like the, like, you know, Brotherhood of Steel and like Goggins is like a ghoul and like the vault and everything. It, lo- it looks like the photos are great. Like they're, 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 they're like nailing the look of Fallout. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the, I like the attention detail to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 those Brotherhood of Steel costumes look awesome. Like yeah, the, ar- the armor clunky. suits. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like uh, like it's gonna star uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, Walter Goggins is playing is playing a, a ghoul. Uh, Ella Purnell from Yellow Jackets is playing like the like the main kind of like vault dweller who like leaves her vault and explores the surface. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, we, since we got these like first look uh, pictures, hopefully we got a trailer soon because that that's usually like the like you know processes is we get like a poster or like a like photos, and then we get a trailer soon. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Prime Video will like uh, drop something so we can actually like see this stuff in act in like motion soon. But uh, based on these photos, I'm I'm excited. And based on like the pedigree of like Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy, like uh, like I mean Westworld. Had, had 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 ups ups and downs, but like was overall pretty good. And then, uh, especially the first season. And then, I I I think you saw Peripheral, right, Chris, or some of it. Yeah. And I, I, I I was like, eh. Oh, you didn't like it? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you watch it yet? I I I haven't, I haven't seen it, and I, I like. I mean, does it does it end in a cliffhanger? Or does it end in like, kind of like a way where no, you're, I didn't like, finish it. Oh, okay. Because like that—that's why I didn't start it. Because like it got canceled. I'm like I'm not gonna start this thing if it like ends in a cliffhanger. And it's never gonna get resolved. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, April twelfth, like we mentioned, you can check this out. Uh, and then yeah, stay tuned for hopefully uh, a trailer at some point soon, and we'll t- we'll talk about that when it comes out. And uh, yeah, so last bit of news for this week is uh, we got some news about the upcoming Alien TV series. It's going to be an FX series uh, 
show run by uh, Noah Hawley, who brought us you know Fargo and uh, uh, Legion, and it's he's 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 uh, making a Alien prequel series taking place 70, 70 years before the first Alien movie, and uh, Timothy Oliphant is joining the show. He's going to play playing a uh, android kind of bishop s character named Kirsch. And we also have, uh, like, Essie Davis is also on uh, Chris Kessen's show, Alex Lothar, uh, Sidney Chandler. And I, th- I think this was, um, it got kind of, like, production got halted because of, like, all the strikes, obviously. But I think they're going to start, like, uh, get back into production in January. And then maybe end, maybe end of next year this will come out. Um I think you're I think you're planning on like coming out sometime next year anyway, but because it started started in July and then like forties after forties later it's like oh the, the stag strikes happened so we have to stop. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm curious like uh set like seventy years seventy years before Alien like what is I mean I guess I guess we had Prometheus we had the Alien Exodus which were prequels but uh. Yeah, just like like 70, 70 years before the alien, like what was going on in like <laughs> that universe. I guess the the, the interesting thing too is uh, also, but is like it's also taking place on Earth. So it's like the first alien uh, franchise project to take place on Earth. So we'll, we'll finally get to see like what Earth is like in the like, alien universe. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh... <laughs> if they're toning it like from prometheus ever to the first alien movie it seemed like the prometheus era had like a little more advanced robot technology oh like like david and stuff yeah yeah so like it's cool that it's a little retro because i think the aliens one is the furthest timeline right like the original scrony weaver one well, it was, I mean, yeah, so Prometheus, Alien Exodus, and then Alien, Aliens, Alien mm-hmm. 3, Alien Resurrection. Well, because between 2 and 3, it's like the next year? Or less? Like, between <sighs> Aliens and Aliens 3. Yeah, they were they were in, like, stasis for, like, a while, and then... Because Sigourney Weaver was between Alien, first Alien Aliens, it was... It's like it was like like sixty years or seventy years. It was like she was saying like, something, yeah. something like sixty. Because the original yeah. daughter is an old woman. That yeah. Away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's why Aliens Two is more definitive of like the newer timeline, and Resurrection is out on its own bonkers, like like a hundred years after Aliens, or Alien. Mm-hmm. They have to clone technology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm for it. I I kind of didn't like Exodus, so. Well, I I, I mean I I trust Noah Hawley because like I mean Fargo has been great. I mean I'll, 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 like I'll talk about it a little bit like season five of Fargo started and it's been pretty great so far. And then uh, Legion's also fantastic. So I mean I trust him for like whatever he's whatever his like crazy idea is for Alien. Uh, 
and uh, obviously Timothy Oliphant was uh, one of the one of the co-stars of season four of Fargo. So you know he and Noah Hawley has worked together before. So yeah, definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on on this and see uh, any, any sort of other developments. We'll definitely uh, keep an eye on and get and get ready for it, and hopefully we'll see this maybe sometime next year on FX or FX on Hulu, wherever you want to check it out. So, uh, yes, that, that's it for news. We want to jump into show and tell. And Chris, I think you and I both saw uh, Good Burger 2, the uh, long-awaited... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if long-awaited, but like long-delayed sequel to uh, Good Burger, 90s classic. Oh, yeah. It came out right before Thanksgiving last week on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Uh, and yeah, I did. You prepare for it? Like, did I mean, you watch Good Burger one. I I didn't I didn't rewatch, I didn't rewatch Good Burger, but uh, like I I have seen that movie like like I don't know how many times. So like I, I like I watched it recently. Like I watched it the night like the uh, before like one. I, I mean before two. I saw one, yep. and then I was like, all right, then to watch two. Like so, mm-hmm. back to back. Yep. Uh, it was actually Janice's first time seeing it all the way through. She only seen bits of it, so she mm-hmm. didn't see the whole thing. And I was like, I think it's required that you see the first one to get like some parts of two. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely there's definitely callbacks. There's definitely like uh, like some like yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, definitely definitely plot stuff later on where it's like the the whole the whole plot like the plot is like ties all the way back to like the first one. Like it's. Yo, like, like the the villain is like getting revenge for what happened in the first movie. But yeah, I I, I thought I thought it was it was fine, like <laughs> like it was like it wasn't it wasn't great, but like it was it was just like like a, a, a fine sit. <laughs> like it was it was fun to see Keenan and Kel back together again, and you know just riffing on each other. Yeah, I. Like I, if you if I watched since I had the mindset of watching the first one, then watching the second one right after, yeah, it's a, it borrows the same elements to some degree. Yeah, there's the, the 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 silliness is a little more. I don't know how to describe it. Like, at a place than the first one. The first one, it it sort of is in the same realm. It it kind of keeps it like within a limit, but. By the end of the second one, when it's just like it feels like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of movie, mm-hmm. that's where I was like, I see why some critics were trying to view it as just like a standalone movie, but fans were just enjoying it, and I enjoyed it as a fan. I was like, oh, I get it. It's just yeah. like I feel it's like a, they ran out of ideas by the end, but they, yeah, it, yeah, they it de- I mean, want it. it definitely. There's a lot of like, um, like rehashing, kind of like similar things from the first one. And they're not as they're definitely uh, obviously not as good in this one. Like there's yeah. a lot of like pl- there's a lot of plot stuff. There's a lot of like character stuff. that's like the same. Like it's just like the same as like the same as like the first one where it's like, oh, Dexter's Dexter's just in it for the money. He's gonna he's gonna screw all his friends over to get money, <laughs> and then he, but he learns his lesson. I I kind of didn't give a shit by the end about his money issues. Yeah, I kind of forgot that until he's like, oh yeah, I made Never Melting Ice, and I was like, that seems like a chemical problem. I feel like. There, there, there wasn't anything the first movie about him being like an inventor, was there? No, like, that came out like nowhere. It was like, oh, I'm an inventor now, but I'm a horrible inventor. 
I understand if he was more of a finance guy and that went broke or a crypto bro and that went broke. That makes more sense for his character, not a I want to he's a, you know, um, like a Selinsky. Yeah, he made a shrink ray. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, yeah, I was like, did I miss something? When did uh, Keenan decide to, uh, you know, get is there a sub movie where he just became an inventor? Is he the same yeah. character from Mighty Ducks, basically? <laughs> and like, he took his his fame and he converted it into like products, and he's been the spokesman for his like non hockey products. I'm gonna put put it out there, Mighty Ducks. Uh, two is a part of Good Burger. It's like mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks two, Good Burger one, Mighty Ducks three, then Good Burger two. Well, because he, he was younger, he's younger D two. So like he like he he lived in Minnesota, and then he moved to California after D two. Yeah, moved to California. D three. Yeah. Well, did he have his pa- so in the first movie they kind of get real really like real realistic about uh. Like Keenan's character not having his father, and then playing with the yo-yo, and then Kel gets the um, or like you know Ed gets the yo-yo, and he, mm-hmm. he shows that he genuinely cares, and then you know like it, it gets brought up in the first like minute. I think not not minute, but like the first few moments of the second movie, and I was like, I would have been so lost. I totally forgot about that yo-yo. Yeah, they just, they just bring it. They bring it up with like no flashback or explanation. Just like, yeah, you remember the yo-yo for the first one? <laughs> like, well, no, we... no, Ed, there's a hallucination of Ed that's just like, hey, remember the yo-yo I gave you? <laughs> and just leaves. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, is he high? Like, um, Janice was like, oh, in Good Burger, Ed is just like a stoner and like a guy just tripping. You see at a fast food restaurant. Like, yeah, no, that that's him. And then. <laughs> After that, you're like, wait, like, I think this man's like special needs or something. And not, like, it's so weird. Well, they they there was the joke like the, the first movie and then this movie has it like it's it's always at the end where like Ed like has like some he like figures out some elaborate plan to like save the day and just like explains it with, like tons of jargon and it's like like he, like he like in this moment like he like he reprograms robots to like go crazy his explanation is actually perfect makes sense even in the first one where it's like he knew that stealing the evidence wasn't enough if you show basically how out of control it was that's that's the proof and it didn't it was like that's better as like a working evidence but in this one it would make more it made total more sense it's like oh no if i like just stop the thing they'll just like reboot it and like we'll be back to where we started but Fucking let it go. It's the same thing. Where it's like we let it go, and then it's just a mess for everyone to see. It's like they can never recover from that. But it's like, but it's like, it's literally the exact same ending as like the first one. <laughs> just like slightly, well, they, they don't slightly, slightly, slightly different. For... Yeah, slightly well, it, different. It's but crazy like, still... because like, did that mean they relinquish the rights for Good Burger? I think yeah, yeah. Well, they they signed the, they signed the rights to like ma- like franchise Good Burger. And then yeah, they're like, Corp got it. And then, and then it's like, oh, then no, Corp was franchising, which, wait, wait, wait. but that's like us bullying, like, like uh, maybe not McDonald's, but like, like a Five Guys. Whoever owns Five Guys is like conglomerate and just being like, hey, like, 
sell it to us. And now all the five guys are closed, but we own the one five guys. Yeah, did, did Goldberger become like a like a global sensation, like a globally known like cessation at the end of the it first did. one? It was going to. It was like amped up to be. Because they because they because they destroyed Ronda Burger and then that was the whole like news like thing or something and then Ed Sauce was like this like phenomenon. It was, but I guess it died down because like you know it's food hype. I I, I always saw it as like it's it like it was like locally where like in like California wherever like in like Los Angeles wherever like like that was like a it was like a big like you know like a big local cessation. Yeah, like, I think it was a local cessation, but it never reached to some height except the yeah. the evil woman's plan was to. Now make it a global brand, which again yeah. was there. It's just the Good Burger, like, but in my head, and then it's the same thing. Of like, there's like this awesome goddamn. It's like it's kind of like to me, it's like Smash Burger and like Five Guys and and mm-hmm. um, In and Out. Like In and Out has like you know a secret sauce, and it's like all right, it's good, but it doesn't make you want to fucking commit crime to like get it. Where basically. The woman, did, like the 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 true, you know, reason for everything was to just own the brand and just like rub it in Ed's face, which I get it. As revenge, because like, she, she's, she's the brother of the like the Bundaberger Kurt from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. She's the sister Kurt. Who I was wondering is like they only use like certain headshots from the first movie of him. Yeah, and then I looked online. I was like, oh, he just retired from acting. He just <laughs> looked like a '90s mm-hmm. guy until like the mid 2000s, and he realized like. I don't think I want to keep doing this anymore. Yeah. It was funny because I looked at that guy and that was the archetype for like the early 2000s, like, I guess like new metal wave. Not <laughs> yeah. Like, punk, like, punk yeah. pop. Ska, like, yeah. Yeah. So I looked at that and I was like, that Kurt, it was like ahead of his time. Cause like, they, like, that movie came out in 1996. Like, May 7. Shit. So that was uh, like 90s transitioning into the early 2000s of that look. All he needed was like a fucking wallet chain and and like a black and white belt. And yeah. Kurt would have fit in at any like ska concert slash like Sum 41 tour. But I mean, who yeah, like, one? It was uh, <laughs> what was it? Who, in the first one, like it was like, uh, oh yeah, it was, it was less than Jake, like did that, like we're all dudes with uh, Kel. Like, Holy crap, so. that was less than Jake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot that, man. And that's another thing with this one. There's not enough, like, iconic music things. No. Who, who, it was like the... Who, like, it was like the like the DJ... Like, that was like a cameo. Like I don't, DJ, like, like, Happy, whatever his name was. DJ, like, Young Gravy or whatever. Or like... And, and they have, like, that dance... The dance sequence... Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's it, it's like it's like perfectly fine, but like it like it's it's all all that's kind of like just like like it, it's all kind of like not like it's like imitations of like things from the first one. And it's not as good. <laughs> it's like like you know the first one had like like oh they they make a delivery to Shaq and it's like oh my god Shaq's in this movie. It's like it's this huge cameo. And then like this one, it's like they make a delivery to like Luna Fox. Who's like Nicole Byer? Who's like great, but it's like it's not like it's a Nicole Byer. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then that whole like the weird like imagine 
like which is already a played out joke but like where it's like all like the uh celebrities doing like zoom call videos to, like, I, I didn't in- know if that was like an actual like they want to be kind of a sincere version or something i didn't understand what that was happening I think I think it was supposed to be maybe like a parody of like the you know the Gal Gadot like Imagine video, <laughs> which the boys already parodied too, and the, the, that was like, the po- even, like I think the boys did it perfectly because yeah know, the, they were more sincere and it was like oh bad time like so super like ingenuine. Yeah, a lot. A lot of the cameos are just like, really, like, just like, ran, so random. Like, like Gronk is just there as like a customer, just like for, for no reason. Like Pete Davidson is just a customer for no reason, and Flula yeah, Borg is like the kind of got crammed in there. Yeah, Al Roker just like. Yeah, why did Ed get on Al Roker? He just had a dream, right? Yeah, that was it. Was like. Uh, like that was when like Ed was like imagining like what else he could do besides be good burger. He's like I could be like yeah, I could be like a weatherman or something like. I did, I did think uh like Ed like his son was like that was like a like Alex him a great job of, like just being like a, a like a, a like a younger Raquel or like a copy of of Ed. Yeah, I like that. That was a fun nod. What did you think about uh uh oh, I I think I think most of like the new like the new like Good Burger crew is pretty fun like I lo- I love like like the manager they just, they like he's just like this young kid they, they just always call him Mr Jensen and just, he doesn't yeah. have a first name just like Mr Jensen I did like that. That was pretty. Funny. And also, the, the reveal that like Ed owns Good Burger, and then like every so like, everyone just like like Mr. Jensen's the manager, but he, like he just answers to Ed anyway, or like whatever Ed says goes. Like, and the weird like uh like Josh server was like frozen in the in the freezer for like twenty years. Yeah, I liked him. I like I like that. I like the fact that uh. It seems like Good Burger still like honored the first movie because you know sometimes they do sequels and they just try not to bring up so much about the first thing. Yeah. Uh, I also had the feeling that the daughter, I mean, it was like the niece character to Keenan. I was like, is that his daughter? Like, his <laughs> secret daughter that he just yeah. doesn't tell people that's his daughter. Did you get that vibe? Well, it's, it's weird because they, yeah, they, they don't acknowledge, like, Dexter's, like, like love interest in the first movie at all. Like, No, but you're, like, teens. I get that. Yeah. But the other thing I didn't get was, like, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I was hoping that there will be a, like, turnaround for Keen's character in the early parts of the movie. So then, you know, you don't have to pay attention to that subplot, but it really stretched in the whole like, oh, I need to not screw over Ed on this deal. Oh, I need to not screw over my niece who doesn't believe me. Oh, I need to save Good Burger. I was like, all right, they really want to stack this together with him. Because Ed is treated in this movie like Pee Wee Herman. He has like a, a, a zany house, a zany ass like, 
family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like a community like hero, which is fine. It, it, I mean, he brings good business and he provides a job. Uh, but there's like, I guess, no commentary. I you know, like it, it's weird because in the sense of like Good Burger One and Two. There is no use of technology, really. There is no use of, well, besides like computers and the robot. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it, they keep things very basic. Where it, this movie could have taken place at any point in like twenty tens to twenty twenty. Yeah, so, I like that. Like, it's a good thing, but I also feel like everyone at least is better fashionable, like wears, because in the first movie. Uh, I know I'm talking about the first movie a lot, but, like, that movie is dated to be a 90s. Like, you can feel exactly when that movie came out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, peak, like, peak peak Nickelodeon 90s, like. So, it's been a while since I remember a live-action Nickelodeon movie. The only one I remember before that was Door the Explorer. Mm-hmm. Which, you still haven't seen that yet, have you? No. Oh my god, you are missing out on that one. <laughs> I I'm, I'm a champion of that movie for a while, but yeah, it's it's that. it's only it's only been in front of like um, animated movies, like SpongeBob movies and the Turtles movies. I mean, not every one of their franchises needs to be a movie series. Let alone Good Burger One was just like a gamble, and it paid off massively. I don't the know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Good Burger was, like, I think it was, like, it did okay, but I don't think it, like... Cause it, cause well, the in terms of... of, like, everyone that, like, came out of that movie, like, the director later on went made Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. Same director. You know, Keaton Kell were hot stars. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was good. I, I always feel like Good... Burger did a bit bigger than I felt like they were prepared for. Like it was, maybe he didn't do gangbusters and like revitalize things, but I, to what? a kid, like it, it was a decent movie and it still holds. Well, I think it, like it was, it was fairly low budget, and then it made like you know enough to like it was like successful, but like and it, it, like cr- like critically, it wasn't re- well received. But like it's really? you know it's it's been, it's been, it's been a cult f- like it's it it's very I think it's very similar to like Space Jam, where it's like you know '90s kids like us like. We saw Space Jam. We saw Good Burger when we were like younger, and it's like we love them. But everyone else, outside of like our age range, hates them or like doesn't understand them. Dang. I think I think this is definitely better than Space Jam: uh, A New Legacy, though. Good Burger Two is definitely better than the second Space Jam movie. Yeah, which I don't. Have you have you seen Space Jam Two yet, Chris? Nope. I don't know when I want to touch that. <laughs> yeah, I th- th- like as far as like yeah, lo- long delayed sequels to '90s classics. Like uh, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> better. Better like and not not as like that was like a huge that was like a huge budget movie. But like I mean, this is Cooper Two is definitely like a much <laughs> much more enjoyable <laughs> uh, revival than that one. But uh, yeah, did you see anything else besides uh, Good Burger Two, Chris? Uh, so I saw the movie Reptile on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a crime thriller uh, that stars Benicio Del Toro. Mm-hmm. 
and it's um I didn't quite know what the movie was gonna be because there's so much weird imagery in the beginning where like you think it's gonna be a basic like who done it then you also think maybe supernatural <laughs> and then and then it's just like a cop drama mm-hmm. it tries to do a lot of things in one one film and visually it's nice because it feels like it wants to be very atmospheric and you get this sense of like paranoia and you you get like the idea of the title so yeah the concept of why the movie's called reptile i feel like it's just like they just they did a whole marketing thing and they went fuck it reptile like because it's supposed to be like you shed lies (laughs) yeah you're like like your your old self is like coming through and your true self's being come pushing out i have no goddamn idea what they meant by that because the idea is that like okay Venusa del Toro is a detective that left um, some sort of city cop. He was a city detective, and he busted his department or like his partner for um, for like you know being a dirty cop. And the old police department kind of calls him like a like a rat or like you know some sort of snake for but like but for doing like the the good thing it doesn't make it so like all right well that's weird that your co-workers who are cops think that okay mm-hmm. then the police department he's working with is already kind of cautious about that like that he's a hero cop but they're also like you you get that like he knows that like he's already aware that cops can be corrupted like not everything is what they seem to be so here he has that you know going into his new department that he's been with for like seven years and then like it's not new new to him but it's he's been in this he's been in this town now for seven years and then his wife's uh uncle is also a cop and like you know they know him the co- you know so it's like oh but Benicio de Toro is sort of just like he's got his like you know he's he's very guarded and that's beginning, like, going into the movie. What happens is there's this murder in a, um open house, like, realtor house sale. And one of the realtors is dead. It's found, like, found murdered. Mm-hmm. And they assume it's her partner, Justin Timberlake, that did it. And it's uh, Benicio Del Toro and his, like, partner and other detectives in the police force that are investigating this crime and it's a small it's, it's weird because it's a small town then like only like four people are really doing the investigation on this but then the whole town knows what's going on it seems like every the crime this whole town just sort of took a vacation so they're just like well they have all the resources to find out about this murder and they don't like go on a hardcore investigation they take like a very quick like everything kind of falls into place like where it's like all right well we think this and then you don't get a sense of time so the thriller it's like this could be the next day or this could be a week from now we don't know 
the movie has like a, a timing issue where Vanessa Toro looks really goddamn stressed. He already looks stressed all the time, right? You know? So we don't know <laughs> yep. if he's just oh, he's more stressed out, or he just had like a bad lunch. And then it's like, okay, by dinner time, he's like now in a shootout. And I'm like, is this the same day? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like just the timing, because the movie is like there's three mood lights where it's like early ass morning or indoors and you don't see windows and if it's a window it's like cloudy so like all right or it's like night and it seems like half the time they want to go investigate things it's it's morning and then when they're reviewing the case and stuff it's night then you find out it's been like a week or two since like the morning part i'm like wait what like they'll say something in passing the dialogue and i'm just like huh so yeah it's a movie that kind of like doesn't have like a good style eventually just sort of like all right they just filmed all these scenes together and there's editing and then it's like you know they changed clothes but they still kept the same like daylight going because they just need to use the light you know so you get that sense um but the movie is a little strange because critically people love the uh, Alicia Silverstone and Benicio Del Toro, like, reunion since they've been in, like, one movie together, I think, in the past. I think, I think they did a movie together. Benicio Del Toro and Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. I don't even know uh... somewhere. Yeah, she did, like, the one where, like, he accidentally kidnaps her? Hideaway? No, not Hideaway. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> no. Definitely remember one movie where, like, Benicio del Toro was in. I think I'm like confusing. I'm like I I was watching this movie thinking. Yeah. Okay. The movie's called Excess Bad Baggage, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a movie that they were together oh, okay. in 1997 mm-hmm. called Excess Baggage, where basically. Um, Vinny Sotoro is a car thief. He breaks into a car and steals it, and then the back seat is just the Silverstone, and he just like ends up like stealing. He just like they run away from like mob bosses or whatever, and they fall in love. So and it's a total it, like '90s movie. It's it. It sounds like it's like this like almost the exact same movie as like uh, what was it the Charlie Sheen movie? Like was it Chase or uh... yeah, same concept. He's mm-hmm. like and yeah, that one it was like Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, Chris Swanson. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Same concept. So, yeah, I, I remember seeing SS Baggage, like, a few times on TV. So, I was like, oh, it's cool. Like, you know, goddamn almost 25 years later, you make a kind of like a what if this is them now, like, as an older couple. But anyway. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's fun, like, chemistry between them. And, but Benicio Del Toro, in this whole movie, he just wears black all the time in leather. Mm-hmm. And I think they're in the South. Like, it, I think they're in, like, Savannah. So, like, it, def- it definitely seems like, like, I saw the trailer, and it definitely seemed like it was, like, very, like, bayou-esque. Like, I don't know yeah. if it was, like, really bio, but, like, swampy South kind of, like. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it, that's what I'm saying. I can't tell how, how slow and fast this town is. I can't tell time. It makes it seem like this is one crazy ass three days, but it's like longer than that. Uh, 
but then like it's a lot of almost like true detective kind of like piece of tutorial putting together the pieces getting the evidence and stumbling onto things i don't want to ruin a lot of it yet because it is fine like it's an okay movie it's nothing too um like revolutionary for a crime thriller it sticks to the basics However, the idea of a reptile shedding the skin is thrown out the window like 20 minutes of the movie. At least that's my idea. Like, they bring it back at the end, which I had to, like, Google, because I was, like, trying to understand what the hell I'm seeing as a metaphor. I mean, if you want to hear spoilers just to understand what I mean, but that's on you if you want to watch the movie <laughs> anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like, do you it's, care? It's on my list, but, like, I, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't care. Uh, he, like, washes his hands. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> like, it, it, it is no common connection, really, to anything. I mean, it is, like, a deeper meaning, but in terms of, like, I, I don't I don't describe it better, like, you use the term reptile, you, you're shedding skin because you're revealing truth so you can be your true self. He hasn't changed. He's not the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the one in the wrong. So, it's a little strange. Then, oh, and then, so you know how I mentioned this, like, is this a supernatural movie? At one point in the movie... Like, really early on, a person just finds, like, snakeskin just on the floor. Just a shedding of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, who, why is that there? Like, it took me a, a few minutes to be like, oh, that's snakeskin. Where's there a snake? What, what's going on? You know, it's like, do they just insert the shot just because they need the metaphor for, like, the thing? Like what? Reptile! Yeah. I, I was just confused. That's why I was like, I did like, it, you know, sometimes you take a movie and you're like, I'll give it like a day. I'll give it like a week or I'll watch a review. He brings a point that you didn't think about. And then you like research the movie a little longer on your own. You know, you've done that. I always do that. Mm-hmm. Right. This one, like immediately as the credits roll, like I like looked on my phone. Like I had to like pick up my phone and start typing in like, what the fuck was reptile like meaning? Like, what is this? And it's not a complex movie. It's just, like, artsy bullshit like that that kind of confuses it, just sort of, like, ruined it for me. Maybe not for everyone, but as someone who likes, like, thrillers and mysteries, this was just, like, unnecessary for Mm -hmm. me because they have a solid idea of, like, a cop who isn't corruptible. He's not the villain. Like, he doesn't... He... Benicio Toro just happens to look like Benicio Del Toro. There's nothing like he has a drug habit. He's loving. He's just protective. But it makes sense of why he's protective. Like, he's... Like... <laughs> he he dealt with one police, police department. And now he's in a conspiracy that is another thing that is just like, how far does this go, you know? So it's like... He has the right to be, like concerned and aware of shit it's not like he was a carpenter or a plumber and someone into a murder mystery he's a cop that solves murder mysteries and he's in one and he's just like okay you know mm-hmm. people suck 
But then it's like, oh, he should line up. It's like, no, he shouldn't. I don't know why you're saying this to him. <laughs> it, like, it comes to, like, a very bizarre, like, thing. Where I get, like, he starts having trust issues because the evidence is stacking against certain ways and he doesn't know, like, who's, like, involved and whatnot. But this happened to him already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it. Ha- this isn't the first time it's happened. This is the second, if you think about it. And the movie beats you over the head with the first part. And you're like, okay, he should be really cautious. So he's doing nothing wrong. And then the next part is just like, why are you this calm? Like, why, why is everyone around you this mad that you're this, like, prepared? <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, I'd say it's worth checking out. It's not a must-watch, but it's a good performance from Benicio Del Toro. It's a, like, I, I like the, the story behind things of, these, of like, Alicia Silverstone and Benicio Del Toro as, like, the unconventional couple. Mm-hmm. So... I say, uh, yeah, definitely of the Netflix movies that recently came out, murder mystery wise, it's okay. <laughs> because I, 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 I kind of like, so before I watched Reptile, this is just, like I was just binging movies this past, like Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happened to catch, well, I wanted to watch the big Lebowski. Because it's been like a god amount, like a long amount of time since I've seen that movie all the way through, and that to me was like, oh, I forgot how good like the mystery parts are, and it's one of those like it's really not about the mystery; it's about the comedy about the guy trying to figure out things. But the way he does it is pretty clever. Like the big Lebowski, the dude is like very calm about things, even though it's like he's having one crazy ass like week where all this mm. shit's going wrong and he's just trying his best to deal with it but that's the thing where like when he gets upset there are people like oh don't be upset dude like go do this blah 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 and he's just like shut the fuck up like try my best like that makes sense so when I saw that and then compared to this version where his are guy that shit's happening it's like you know what I mean like I guess this is why they don't want to do the Coen brothers stated earlier they never want to do a Big Lebowski 2 because they feel like the dude's story is fun and it's really hard to replicate that that kind of epic that that kind of that adventure for him that isn't gonna be genuine because it just feels like it's gonna be a rehash. And Coen Brothers story said like I they don't want to touch the dude, let him basically be a thing and that's it. So they, I think they understand like certain murder things like they try to not to reuse that concept. Like, if it's a fun story and it's very unique to the thing, that's it. They're done. They don't need to make a series out of it. Because it just wouldn't... It wouldn't be in that nature for this character. However, Reptile feels like a second movie. Like, it feels like a sequel movie a little bit. So that's why I'm like, oh, it's the first movie? And then it's like, whatever happened to him in the first part that made him like this also could have been interesting. But who knows? They might just do, like, a prequel... (laughs) Mm-hmm. A younger guy that looks like Benicio del Toro. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Trying to find. Does he have a son? <laughs> Can we clone him now and wait that twenty something years? Digitally de-aged Benicio del Toro. So you know what I mean. So I was like, huh. 
and and for those kind of murder mysteries or just a mystery itself, I get it. But a detective like that, whose job is to solve mysteries, he is really like he comes in that case already half like kind of just like suspecting shit. Everyone's like, "Wow, you've got paranoia issues." Like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I don't know. No, another example, if you will. It's like a Knives Out movie. And, you know, Blanc's already coming in going like, I, yeah, no, this is shady as hell. Like, we should separate this and just like, you know, uh, try to figure something out. Which is, that's why the cleverness of Glass Onion is that like, he knows half of that what's going on is bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, mm. I got into mystery movies, man. <laughs> like, I got into movies. <laughs> So yeah, so with, with with that being said, like it, it's what I'm saying, like reptile is like r- mid tier. It's okay. It doesn't do anything wrong. It's just it, you kind of wish things were slightly better, or some of the reasonings behind it would be like a lot more like thought out. Yeah, the consensus I got from it, from like reviews and stuff, was like it's fine. Like they said, he's a new town detective that just moved there like that year fine you know i get why no one is used to him say that but you can't be like you've been here for like seven years and i'm like he's been on guard for seven years okay what do you do then they explain and they're like no he's got a good point to be on guard let alone he was right (laughs) (laughs) it's just like no he still is right oh and the movie just sort of ends Two, that's another part that's kind of a little upsetting. The movie just ends with just, like, a montage of just sort of, like, the consequences, but no, like, repercut, no, like, big, big, big explanation or, like, true, like, court cases or anything. It's sort of just, like, this is sort of what happens. And then it's inferred that, basically, that Bigas Latoro gets to, like, enjoy his skin. I'm like, what is happening? So yeah, All right, that's it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, you mentioned the Big Lebowski, so but so I'll dive into another Coen Brothers. Well, Coen Brothers Jason, like inspired by Coen Brothers. Uh, so it also alluded to it earlier, but Fargo season five has, has started. Uh, Thanksgiving week it had two episodes, and then we're up to three episodes now. And you know, it's been I think the last season was twenty twenty, so it's been three years since a season of Fargo. And so far, this one definitely seems like a a big a big kind of return to form. Like like season four was okay, but like it definitely was like a, it felt like a step down from like the previous seasons. This this feels like back to like prime Fargo, like what like season one two Fargo so far. Um, and yeah, so basically basically it's set it's, it's set in twenty nineteen, so it's it's a modern day. Fargo. It seems like Fargo has been like like every other season is like either it's a modern day or like like it's like a like a like a period piece one. Mm-hmm. So season four was uh, I think it was like in the seventies or sixties. It, it, it was like the Chris Rock episode a uh, season where it was like the, the uh, they traded sons. The ga- yeah they traded sons is like the gang war in Kansas City. Um, so this one's taking place in twenty nineteen, and uh, Juno Temple stars in it. And she's this basically like seemingly ordinary Minnesota housewife, you know, the full, you know, the full Minnesota accents and everything. But then, um, 
I think in the first episode she gets kidnapped, or or people people try to kidnap her for some reason, and then you you get like like she is able to like you know defend herself and like get out of the situation, and then so it kind of feels like she they they haven't like fully like explained like what her past is, but she definitely has some sort of past where like she knows about like you know like uh arming like arming a like securing a house in combat and like guns and um it, it almost kind of feels like like if like if like john wick was like a like minnesota housewife <laughs> where there's, like, there's definitely like some there's definitely like she like she she knows like way more <laughs> like like kind of tactical combat knowledge than she's like letting on is just like a like oh gosh don't you know i'm just a housewife i'm i went to the pta <laughs> like um yeah the th- midwest yeah like why and and then the whole kind of the whole the whole season kind of revolves on her because it's like all the other characters are either like trying to like find out like what her backstory is or like trying to like you know get her and like like or like kidnap her um and, and the, the whole the whole cast is like fantastic like uh john ham is this uh like like crooked sheriff um uh who is in i think he's in south dakota or, or like yeah and then um he, I, I i get like if you play like far cry 5 i get kind of like joseph seed vibes from him where he kind of has like it's like it's is like it he has this compound it's all kind of because he has like, he's like this like compound he has like a bunch of like guys on his compound he has like a church on his compound and so he's also he's kind of like this like preacher slash sheriff and then he's also like kind of like constantly talking about like how like he doesn't like he's like a like he's like a sheriff for the constitution, but he doesn't follow. Like he doesn't like like if he doesn't doesn't agree with like the law, he won't like he won't like enforce it. And the F, and then like the FBI shows up and like it's like investigating him now because like he's not like you know like he's like he's like not enforcing like gun laws and like other stuff, and he's like building up like an armory. There's some shady stuff. And and he, and he kind of has like this like like kind of like hold on this whole like county that he, he's like he's like the, like Stark County like he kind of like has like this, like this, like basic control over the whole county. And then uh, Joe Keery, uh, Steve from Stranger Things, is his son, and it's 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 such a crazy like like role for him because you know obviously like Stranger Things like he's such like a charming likable guy, and then here he's just like a complete scumbag. Like he's like he's like uh. John Hamm's son named Gator. He's just like this, like totally corrupt, like, n- like just like nasty, like state trooper, uh, who's like d- just d- does whatever dirty like business his dad wants him to do, and he's just a total asshole to everybody. And then uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is uh, Juno Temple's like mother-in-law. She's like this like super like she's like the CEO of this like debt collection co- company, and she, like she's like this like. Uh, like Lucille Booth, like but like malevolent Lucille Booth, like evil, less like like rich like mother-in-law, just like constantly talking about like the, like the little people, like like totally dismissive, like like common people, like just like like just like confident her, her like wealth is going to get her out of any, any situation, and like Dave Foley is is like her like lawyer, and uh, Lamorne Morris from uh, New Girl is like a state trooper who like runs into like uh, Joe Temple in the first episode, and he's like kind of like trying to figure out like wh- what her deal is or what like because like like Joe Temple kind of helps him like get out of this situation in this first episode. There's like they're in, like it's like <coughs> like like shootout slash like uh like you know 
battle with these, like these like kidnappers. And then like basically like, Shiro Temple like helps him like basically helps him survive this like like uh shootout and then he's just like well, who the hell was this like like housewife that was like like running around with a machine gun like killing these guys like Wait, how did this person run into her home that Well she got she, Well she well she got kidnapped and then ah. she she escapes because she's like you know, has like these like skills that like are aren't, aren't fully revealed yet. Um, or, or where they came from yet, and then she like escapes like a gas station, and like like Lamar Morris is like at this gas station, or like is like pulls over like the car that she's in, because she's she's like in the trunk of this car, and then like the guys that are kidnapping her like sh- are shooting at the cops, and then like th- she like Joe Temple like, escapes, and then she gets to like, this gas station, and there's this whole like big like huge like set piece the first episode like at this gas station where this is big showdown, um, and then. Uh, like Joe Temple like like takes these guys out and escapes, and then Lamar Morris is like has is like injured. And he's just like like who who is this person? That, like this like this like like person to help me like survive and like kill these guys? Like I don't know like I don't even know who really her name is like. So that's that's like, the whole thing. Like every every, every kind of every character is like trying to figure out like what what like Joe Temple's deal is or like who she is or. Uh, some of the characters are trying to like get, like get her back because of like their history they have with her. So, yeah, super 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 fun season so far. It's, it's got a lot of the, like the Fargo kind of like it's got there's like kind of like, like these like interludes like other like time periods and like 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 you know like the like, kind of like uh, artistic like uh, choices that Noah Hawley always does, always does. like he's like kind of like weird like. Um, like tangents to like other things and like really really fun like musical choices and there's also kind of interesting like I don't know if it's like an intentional thing or just like a fun like just like if, if like Noah Hawley is just like a fan of like Nightmare for Christmas but there's like tons of like Nightmare for Christmas imagery like it's just like because like the first couple episodes are taking place like around like Halloween time right so people there's like there's like Nightmare for Christmas like decorations and like uh Nightmare for Christmas like masks <laughs> like like some of the, there's like some of the bad guys have like Nightmare Before Christmas masks on, so I don't know if that's like a like a some sort of like symbolic like, uh, <coughs> like uh, so, like it has like some sort of meaning or just like no Holly's just like oh I I I love Nightmare Before Christmas I'm just throw like Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in there. I see. I, I guess I, I guess you can do it because like Fox owns all of this now because it's FX. They, it's, they can incorporate yes. a lot more branding. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, it's very noticeable it's like and there's also like in the first episode there's like a there's like a there, like the school play there's like, like, the, like the school that like uh like joe temple's daughter goes to is like doing a play version of nightmare before christmas so it's like there's always like, that because you couldn't do that before yeah it's it's it, it's it's just like it's just like does this mean something is this like some sort of like weird like like overarching like like symbolic like meaning or whatever or just like a weird like uh it's like Fun thing that like Easter egg like no Holly threw in there. I'm just like I'm, I'm gonna have like no for Christmas in every episode. I thought maybe it's gonna tie into the season where essentially someone is trying to steal Christmas in Fargo. They're trying maybe, for yeah. a crazy theme. John John Ham is Oogie Boogie. <laughs> like essentially is is he a bag of bugs tied together inside of him? Maybe he has nipple rings, so I don't know if that means anything, but. So, one of the things I saw the trailer of this season, 
mm-hmm. I did not think this was Fargo. I thought it was another separate series because the tone is completely different from the usual mob boss like arcs. Well, I mean, once once you, once you start watching it, it's a it's very far, like it's got you know it's got the Minnesota like everyone's got Minnesota accents. It's got it, it's the same town, right? It's and it, it, I mean it's it's the same state. I mean it's all like Minnesota, oh. North Dakota, South Dakota, like that area. Um, I, I'm just familiar with a few of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I I need to sit there and just marathon through a few. Of these. Yeah, like start watching it, invest the time. Oh, there's also there's also there's def, there's definitely um, uh, Risha Morjani who was on um, she was on like Never Have I Ever and like a bunch of other TV shows like uh, I think she's on like Mindy Project and stuff. Um, she's definitely she's definitely like the uh, like the Marge like of like you know the Francis McDormand character like she's like the like the, the cop who's is like is trying to, like like the, the honest cop who's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. The the yokel cop. Yeah, but like, but like, super, super smart, super intelligent, like, super is like, not gonna, not gonna let any of these like weird characters like, like pulling over on her, like. Dude. But she also, but like, she has a crazy, like, super, like, the, the full, like, crazy, super, like, Minnesota accent, like. But remind me if I'm wrong about this. Did, did, uh, did that character from the movie was she? A competent detective, or was she someone that stumbled into it? I kind of forgot. I think, think March was just a cop. She was just like a normal, just like you know, beat cop. Okay, I think, so she wasn't movie. a detective. Yeah, yeah. And then in in the in the TV show, there's always there's like they've had like especially like season one and two, they definitely had like <laughs> uh, Marge equivalents, like Allison Tolman in the first season, and um, and then like is, is the movie part of the lore too, or is that just? Well, the the first season is sort of is like is like like is like very like loosely like uh like it's like kind of like retelling the like it's it's like a re like a remake but like re or remix of the first movie because it's you know, it's like you know uh like Martin Freeman is, is basically play Martin Freeman is basically, is basically playing the like uh William H Macy character from the from the, the from Fargo. Or like it's basically like it's like very similar. He's based on Jerry from like the original movie, and in the it's it's like the kind of premise is the same of like he's like you know trying to like do this like insurance scam and like like wants to get rid of his wife and but then but then they add like the like you know the Billy Bob Thornton like like uh, Lauren Malvo create like like supernatural like super like. Like Hitman that comes in, but yeah, the, the, there's always there's always kind of been like these like you know like equivalent characters, especially in like the first first two seasons definitely had like equivalent characters of like, uh, like movie like you could like kind of like tie characters from the show into like the movie characters or like they kind of match them, like like Patrick like Patrick Wilson was was kind of like the like the, the like the Marge of like uh. The second season, I mean, because he was like he was like he was like the like uh the father of uh the, like the, like Allison Tolman from the first season, and they're they're both like very like you know super honest, super like intelligence like cops trying to figure out what the hell's going on. 
Gotcha. But yeah, definitely, definitely, it's definitely uh, feel the season definitely feels like it's like a like a a, a big kind of like swing back to like the first two seasons because I, I, I think like definitely season two, like one and two are definitely like the like strongest seasons of Fargo. Three was fun because it was like you know had that, like the like the, the twin <laughs> duel with McGregor's in it. But then, yes, yeah, I, I did notice that one. That one had really funny clips, and that's also where Elizabeth Stan Winston, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, that like, yeah. I think that's where they met and like got married or whatever. So, yep, and I was like, oh, there goes my chance. <laughs> but yeah, four, I mean, four, four was fine, but it definitely was not quite up to the level like the previous seasons. This one seems like it's definitely kind of like more toward the like the quality of like the first couple seasons. So, I'm definitely excited to see the rest of it. It's going to be uh, ten episodes. It's going to wrap up in like January next year. So definitely, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Seen it yet? If you haven't seen any Fargo, I mean, go check out. Like, just start watching it from the beginning. Even though I mean, you can you can you can jump into like pretty much any season of Fargo because it's all like self contained. Like it doesn't one and two are like yeah. If if you watch one and two because two is like a prequel is like a prequel to, to one. But then three and four are like totally self-contained. There's like no connection to any previous seasons, and this one has no connection to previous seasons. So you you, you could just you could jump into this season without having to watch any previous seasons, like just like and to be perfectly fine. And then uh, the other thing I watched is I watched Expendables, <laughs> um, aka Expendables Four, Ooh. which uh, oh boy. <laughs> Every everything you've heard is true. Was is it really that bad? It it is terrible. Uh, the only part I heard, which is not really a spoiler because it's so gimmicky, where like Barney just sort of exits the movie and then just reappears at the end for just no reason. Yeah, I I I don't know if Sloan was filming Tulsa King or what the hell was going on, but like yeah, he like Barney pieces out like. 20 minutes in this movie and then does not appear again until like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and there's a crazy like plot explanation for what, why that is, which I won't spoil if you don't want to hear it, but, uh, no, no, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to see it. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so, so spoilers for Expendables four. Um, so in the first, the first big action sequence where the Expendables are, uh, you know, they, they head to Libya because, uh, Ika Uwe is this, you know, leader of this mercenary army that's trying to like get like um, they're trying to get like nuclear detonator keys or something from Libya. This like Libyan general, and then the CIA sends the expendables to stop them. But then in the process of trying to trying to get these like keys, these like or stop the Uwe, uh, Barney's in like you know he's in the expendables plane, like the, they're like you know their classic like propeller, like their big B two or whatever that is, and he gets shot down and, and crashes, and then they're like, oh, Barney's dead. <laughs> And there's like a there's like a charred corpse in the plane, and like and all like other spenders are like, oh fuck, Barney's dead. But then, uh, you get to the end, and it's like, oh no, he faked his death. Like he's well, okay, he, so it, but whoever's dead, who was that? It, it's um, there's a guy. There's like a guy. Basically, the way they like reintroduce like Barney and uh, Jason Statham, like and uh, Lee, like so Statham and Stallone in this movie is Stallone like lost like his ring in like an arm wrestling or like it's some sort of like uh you know in this bar he was drunk he lost his ring and then he he has like Statham come with him to this bar and they like Statham like beats the shit out of these guys and they get the ring back and then one of the guys that like uh like 
that like <laughs> like Barney like lost his ring to, he like knocks him out and puts him in the plane apparently, and then like that guy is like the corpse in the plane. Wait, it was an unconscious man that died this, this, unaware. This this asshole in the bar that the part they didn't like, they put him in. They like Barney like somehow locked him in like kept him unconscious for like hours on this whole this, this like trip to Libya, and then planned on like faking his death and like put him in the cockpit and then like let yeah like kill this kill this like somewhat innocent R- man thug? <laughs> yeah this random thug that he didn't like and then that guy is like a bird corpse in Libya what. Yeah, it make, it makes no good. Like it's it's almost it's almost the same level of explanation of like when like uh when the Han came back to like uh Fast and Furious and was like oh it was it was uh Mister Nobody Magic it's just like Statham's just like yeah I think my death I I I put this guy in the, like went to the cockpit and I, I I jumped out and you guys you guys didn't see me jump out even though you probably could have seen my parachute but I, I so I stayed hidden this entire time but like yeah that was that's what happened. And this movie also like this movie costs a hundred million dollars. It feels extremely cheap. Like I, like it just feels like all it's all green screen and like fake. It just feels to- so fake. Like, there's there's like there's terrible CG. Like all like the plane and like all, all any sort of like vehicles. If it, like if it's like like crashing or exploding, it's it's, it's like terrible looking CG. And there's also shots where it's like, like it's like so clear, like a green screen, where like like Sloan's like like there's a scene where like Statham like looking is looking at his keyhole of his, his like apartment, and like it's like it's like a shot of Sloan, and it's so obviously a green screen that Sloan's like standing in front of, but it's supposed to be like like the street outside this building. And there's like and it uh, also I don't know if they shot like the, like you know the the volume where like you know they shoot like the Mandalorian stuff. But it, there's like a, there's tons of shots where it feels like it's like they're on that, where it's just like they're on like a a big like soundstage where it's just like it's nothing they're not in any like actual location it's like big green screen fake they just like built like a set and like they're not they're on that oh is is it almost like they build a set in robert rodriguez's <laughs> backyard yeah, it, soundstage? yeah yeah like it's well I, actually so another thing about the movie is like so i would say two two thirds of this movie take place on a ship and that's it. Like, if you've seen the trailer, you know, like, those, those like, the sequences are, like, you know, Statham's, like, is, like, fighting go away on the ship, and, like, they're on the ship. That's pretty much the whole movie. What? Yes. <laughs> There's an I opening. I thought it that... took place in a city that led into a ship. No, it's, it's, it's all the ship. Like, like, 30 minutes into this movie, you're on the ship, and you do, do not leave that ship. <laughs> And there's like it, it definitely feels there's like it feels, it feels like they built like kind of like a set like for like a hallway of a ship or something and then it's like oh and then we're just, we're just gonna have like green screen like sky behind us because like it's like when they're, on, when they're on like the deck of the ship it's like shitty looking like CG like fake sky behind them or fake ocean behind them it is it's it's bad like like it like, like <laughs> I don't like I don't know what they spent a hundred million dollars on but like it definitely was not the effects. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's like it feels it feels like a, like a, like a bottle episode of a, a TV show. So it's like we're like, well, we're, up, we're just up, we're on the ship. Like right? we have to save money by just having one set. So it's like we're on the ship for this, this whole movie, basically. Because because they, they have like they have like the uh, like the intro, um, kind of like where like Bart yeah Barty and Statham go like they go to this bar, and then there's like, an opening sequence in like the, the first big sequence in Libya. And then after that, it's like 
well, we got we got to go stop like eco away in the ship now, and then that's it. That's the whole whole, whole like re- other hour of this movie is just on, uh, on the ship trying to stop like the nuclear bomb from exploding. What did eco? He's just like like a terrorist. He yeah, he's like a mercenary. He's working for uh, this my- a mysterious person named Ocelot who wants to start World War Three. So they like basically eco away. Like, like, basically makes this ship look like a like an air, American aircraft carrier with like fake like jets on it and stuff, and then they're gonna detonate a bomb like near Russia, so Russia will think that like the U.S. like detonated a nuclear bomb on in their territory, and then they'll start World War Three, and then Ocelot will will profit because of the ensuing war. And yeah, so then. So, and then, so it's, but yeah, so yeah, they say to stop like World War Three from happening, but it all it, it feels it feels so like small scale compared to the other like Expendables movies, and it's just it, like there's like it just it, it feels like there's like barely any like actual like practical effects or like practical you know stunts or like compared to, especially compared to, like two like one and two, like it's like it's just like everything just feels like so fake and like not like they they, they totally lost the plot as far as like. Old school action, old school like you know like stars <laughs> like because like yeah. Besides Statham, who's the other? Is like anyone else from the original? Like Dolph Lundgren so, around? Dolph Dolph Lundgren's back. Randy Couture's back. That's it from the from the original crew. And then you have Fifty Cent, Megan Fox, Andy Garcia, and Tony Ja. That's like the, the new kind of like <laughs> replacements. Oh, and, and Levi Tran who was, uh, she's like a Vietnamese actress and model. Who's in, she was in like Furious 7, I think it's, the, it's like some, and then like a couple of the first Purge. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, at least three, three wasn't, three wasn't that good, but at least, it's, at least they had like, you know, like, it still had like, it had like Harrison Ford and, uh, like Mel Gibson and like uh, Wesley Snipes and like it's, it's still it's still had like the like idea of like we're gonna we're bringing back like these like eighties and nineties action stars, and this one is just like, not, <laughs> like what what is what is like the like you know the, the, like like the driving ethos of like <laughs> there's like there's no 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 returning like no like they don't bring back like, any sort of like you know action fan favorite of like <laughs> like a, for it's like a, error, a right? yeah. You know, no, no Cynthia Rothrock, no like Michael Dudikoff, like none of these like people that like we would be yeah, like would huge fans great. of. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I still think it's strange to see uh, Jennifer as like a person, like an action star, like that. Who? Megan, sorry, Megan Fox. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Jennifer. There's <laughs> no, no Jennifer in movie. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of someone else. But yeah, Megan Fox. Uh, you know, I could, yeah, I'm thinking Jennifer's body. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and Mega Fox is, isn't even that great in this movie. Like, I, I feel like she was like way better in like that movie Rogue, like that, like the Killer Lion movie. Like, she was like way more of a convincing like action hero, like in that one. Like, she, she's just like she barely does, she just barely does anything in this movie. And they also they also like make her like for God knows what reason. Like, they make her like the team leader after Barney's death, where it's like, well, Mega Fox is in charge now. Why? Because because I guess because she works for the CIA and like I guess Andy Garcia is like also works for the CIA, so he's like their boss, I guess, and he's just like, well, my my CIA operative uh, 
Megan Fox is in charge now, so. So whatever she says, and, 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 and everyone else is just like, all right, fine, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's it's nice that they got like Tony John away in there, but like, they they totally just they totally just lost their way as far as like you know, I mean it start it start definitely started in three because like three had all those like the replacement team that like because like Stone didn't want to like risk any of the like actual expendables so you got like the like that like like the true like replacement true team expendable team yeah and it, I mean it started there with like all these like not they're not like you know classy action stars they're like they're like athletes or like 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 uh. Mo- like modern, like modern stars, and then this one is like even fur- even further, where it's just like there's like no new classic, <laughs> like no no pulls from like the like you know like eighties or nineties. It's just like I don't Fifty Cent. You guys like Fifty Cent? <laughs> like he was in he was in a uh, escape plan with Sloan. That's why he's here, probably. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like an obligation for him to show up there. I'm surprised Fifty Cent is not in Tulsa King yet. Yeah, it's like, it's also like if if Stone was gonna bail out so quick, like I don't like why why would he even like because he's because he's like an executive like I don't feel like well actually I, I don't think he wrote or like produced this I think it was like this is like a Statham produced joint so I wonder if this is like more of like a Statham thing of like I want to make a Statham films for and then someone was like all right I'll be in it for like twenty minutes I I, I, <laughs> I go back I got I got Tulsa King now I got my I got my reality show with my daughters like I don't I don't give a shit about this anymore <laughs> like it just it just like. It's just, it's just this whole thing is just like, what was the point of this? Like, they 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 should have just stopped. Like, two two was just like such the peak of like this idea and like the concept. And it was, two was like so good. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like you know Van Damme's the villain. You got Scott Atkins in there. You got like Chuck Norris is in there. Bruce Willis in there. Arnold's in there. Like they they were they were never gonna top two, and they and then like they they proven that with three and four. Like it's just been. Like absolutely, like diminishing returns every three and four. Like this is like such like such such a like a diminished like 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 version of like the first, like it's it's fallen so far. It's funny when you say it that way because it's just like ooh that stings. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just like they've totally just like lost like any like the the thing that made expendables like fun and like cool was like we're gonna bring like, all these all your favorite like you know 80s 90s like action stars and then have like also have like cool other like action people in there like we're like we'll have like chuck norris we'll also have like scott atkins and this was just like you guys like you guys like 50 cent you remember and then, <laughs> or you guys like uh like jacob scipio the house like, I I don't know. He, he was he was in Bad Boys for Life, I guess. Was he the son? So it, well, it's Expendables it's, it's Four. He plays the son of Antonio Banderas. Okay, that guy, he's just okay. That's sort of okay. He that's sort of that's sort of okay. What his character, the Leaper or the Frog, whatever he called himself. Well, I think didn't he get? I think did he? Get, no, he didn't get killed. I guess they don't. I don't think they, they don't really explain it. It was like, oh, it's his son now, like. Yeah, I remember like, it, he was interesting, but they just didn't use him again. And there's also like weird, like just like weird like universe things where like there's a point where they, they for a distraction they play uh like fifty like a fifty cent song, like and then the, the, distract the bad guys. And it's like, but it's like is fifty cent a, a person? And then like but then like 
like face sense like character easy day is a separate person or it's like it's just like it, it, it's like oh that's that's like you're trying to make like, a fun joke because like 50 cents is moving you're playing one of the songs that it makes no sense like the universe yeah, where it's like they say that 50 cents is like a completely different looking guy maybe yeah it, it, it's it's if it, it's like when like remember when like uh chappy when like uh like diet were like played like their own song and they wore their own clothes but they weren't but they weren't diet word oh and they bl- but they blankly were <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah no I, that that's even more confusing and also uh, like free set is such like a like a like i think they're trying to set him up as like the like the like the terry cruz replacement but it's just like you what because like Terry Crews is in the back, Wesley Snipes is in the back, and then they just like throw Fifty Cent in there. It's like it's like, oh, he's like this guy. This is, like our new guy, Easy Day, but he has like no defining characteristic. Like he's, he's, not, like, he's not the strong guy. He, yeah, he's not the strong guy. He doesn't have like a like a special weapon. He's just like, hey, it's me, Fifty Cent. I'm here. I'm doing. I'm shooting a gun. Black guy. Like, oh, yeah. Don't say it like that, Fifty. Yeah. I mean, at least like 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 Dolph. I think Dolph gets like the most like fun stuff to do because like, um. Like his like like uh like Gunner is like he has to, like wear glasses now because he's getting older and they, like he's like wearing a, like he's wearing like a wig like this like terrible looking wig because like his like internet girlfriend like like likes this like hair long and then like he's like trying to be so like he's been sober for like a bunch of years now. So he's got he's like the most he's, he's he's got the most like fun like character stuff but like that's like the only he's like the only one that has like any sort of like interesting thing. I don't know, I don't mind that because the fact that he kind of changes with the times is pretty hilarious. Yeah, and he's doing it for like the wrong reasons. And then you get—I mean, you get a couple. There's like a couple of glimmers of like, you know, there's like a cool, somewhat cool, like equal way Jason Statham fight. You get a, like kind of a cool Tony Jaa, Levi Tran versus like like a random like other like martial arts guy fight. But I mean, the action the action's all kind of like just like very generic most of the time, and it's it's not shot very well. It's it's the guy who directed uh like Act of Valor. Remember that like the Navy SEAL movie, which actually oh, oh yeah I remember Act of Valor, and and also like the Need for Speed movie. So uh, Scott, Scott yeah Scott Scott Woe, um, uh so he yeah he's the director and then most recently he directed before Expendables four he directed Hidden Strike, the John Cena Jackie Chan movie. So let me see that one. I still need to say it too. I've I've heard very mixed things. Either like it's like. F- crazy and fun or terrible. I have, I, but that that was supposed to be a uh, Stallone Jackie Chan movie. Apparently, when it first started, well, but that would yeah. awesome. But then, like, Stallone had to back out, so that John Cena stepped in. I would have loved to see like Stallone Jackie Chan. It's like two different types of physical comedy they can offer. Damn. But yeah, Expendables for like. Yeah, just <laughs> such a, such a, such a wait. I don't I don't know why they even tried to do it after like because because three like didn't do well financially or critically, so I don't know what the driving force was like make a fourth one. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- I mean th- this th- I, if this one if this doesn't kill the franchise, I don't know what will because like I've I I, it's, I I don't see them making a fifth one at all. <laughs> Especially like this one... something for us as like expendable fans. Yeah, and, fans. unless they make a fifth one, it's like it's like oh, here's like uh, yeah, like all these like like old school like 
like like like we said, like 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 Cynthia Rothrock or and like Michael Dudikoff and like Jess Speakman and all these other like Olivia Grunier and like all these other, like it's sort of like a ton of like old school people in there. Even though the girl from Chocolate. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Explosive Four is so badly like it's there's there's no way like not, <laughs> there's no way they're gonna make another one. But it, it, it's it's just like a disappointing like whimper end to the franchise. I would, I would, I would, I would, be, I would be interested, like, if you, if you see Chris, just like get your like take on it, <laughs> just like it's a, if it's, it's if it's where's it streaming? I don't, I don't think it's streaming. It, it was like a, a Black Friday deal on like Prime Video. It was like it was like the like they like knocked the price down for like the rent it to like a cheap price. I don't think it's actually like streaming anywhere quite yet. Like just like full streaming. No one wants to bid on it yet. I yeah if. if, if if it ends up on like a actual like streaming service, like if it's not, if it's on like Prime Video or like Peacock or something, where you don't have to like pay to rent it or like watch it, then I would say maybe check it out there and just like experience for yourself and just see like the like like how how terrible it is. But yeah, def- definitely do not uh, do not pay money <laughs> to see this. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for me this week. So we can wrap things up. Uh, Definitely head over to the site. We got all sorts of stuff out there. We got our original reviews and features and news. Uh, we got our Gamebox 2.0 where we, you can check out the games we played for November. Uh, we got our uh, commentary for this month, which was The Three Musketeers. We watched the 1993 Three Musketeers to celebrate its 30th anniversary. And so you can check that out on the site right now. And all of our other usual uh, stuff is out there. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more everything action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.